Oh. There we go, finally. No, I just have to do a record. Uh, before the funny and before anything else, uh, Ooh, you froze up there. Send out our, uh, our thoughts and prayers to Shad Gaspar and his family. Oh, yeah. That uh, is insane. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, apparently on Sunday, uh, Shad Gaspar and his family were at the beach in, Los- in Venice, and his son and him were in the water, and apparently they got pulled by Riptide. Um, he was able... They were able to get the attention of the lifeguard, and the lifeguard was able to get his son out, but they are looking still for Shad Gaspar, who has not been found yet. Uh, they continued looking for starting this morning. They continued to search to look for him, but right now um, nobody's heard anything. His wife, um, C- Selena? C- Celiana? Sorry, Celiana Gaspar yeah. uh, posted on her Instagram and her husband's Instagram that, they, that he is still missing, so... Uh, hopefully they find him. They find him well. Um, yeah, thankfully his son is okay though. Um, my, I'm yeah, glad my, they were able to get him out of My thoughts and prayers. I mean, if you he was at the Marina del Rey beach, um, you know he's six foot seven, two hundred sixty-five pounds. He was wearing some navy blue and gray trunks. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a, you know he's a really fit dude. He's uh, he was released from the WWE in 2010, and he's been doing acting and um, independent work mm-hmm. along with uh, JTG at times. And he's a really dude. He's a really fucking huge dude. He's a really strong dude. But you know, the currents will take and can take anybody, regardless of how strong they are. Sometimes, um, but yeah, hopefully he's found safe. Uh, let's keep a positive thought for him and his family. So, uh, but yeah, uh, well, I guess, sorry for getting really dark there. It's just I thought that was important to to note because I I like I haven't really seen too much of crime time in the past ten years. I'll be honest. Um, I think one of the biggest uh, highlights uh, from the past few years was him and MVP celebrating Kofi's win. Yeah, of the WWE Championship last year, I thought that was insane. Like that that was one of the things that made me cry. Um, after Kofi won the title, just seeing that, just seeing how happy and elated they were to finally see, uh, you know, uh, kind of a full, full yeah representation finally happened in WWE. Yeah, I I mean I 100% agree. Um, I won 100% agree. Um. That being said, on that downer nose, um, welcome to the show. I'm Matt. Easy way to transition out of that. I know, right? Um, this is the natural disasters of wrestling. Uh, I'm Don. I'm Matt. Uh, did you have you caught? Yeah, you already watched both parts of the of the Undertaker doc so far, yeah. Yeah, I watched both parts. Uh, what are your thoughts so far? I was surprised that Scorpio Sky was in the second episode. I didn't see him. He was the uh, doctor. What? He was one of the doctors. If you go back, no, I'm, I'm saying it jokingly. I said, I'm saying this jokingly, but if you look at like the doctor who was holding the surface tablet, looked exactly like Scorpio's guy. Oh, I didn't see that, yeah. yeah. I only saw, you know, them digging into his fucking hip bone. Oh, that's so crazy. It looked like they were looking in, digging into like the bone, like the body of a fucking elephant. I didn't realize how big he is. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, no, actually, I had made some notes. So for the, so for the first part, it was essentially, um, it was essentially about like you know his his career, um, and like he's he's talking to his career a bit, um, especially on the Stone Cold podcast. He went to to like you know the beginning of his career in depth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the first episode was his career, and then him and Brock Lesnar. Um, and how he didn't remember WrestleMania 30. Yeah. He remembered, like, his memory stopped around 3.30 that day, and he didn't remember his name until about 4 o'clock the next morning. And so, like, a lot of the reports and stuff that, you know, that came out of WrestleMania 30 about him collapsing and him going to the hospital via ambulance and how Vince left oh, yeah. WrestleMania, yeah, left WrestleMania before the main event to go make sure Taker was okay. Like, all those reports that we heard are indeed true like they've now been hashtag confirmed um and it only took about three four years no it took fucking six years six years fat because the network's been around for six years yeah i remember uh my then girlfriend at the time being here we were watching that and i remember looking on the dirt sheet and seeing that like you know he was taken to the hospital and vince mcmahon was went went, i went with him and i was just like i can see him going to the hospital i didn't see vince mcmahon Fucking, you know, going with him. Yeah. Oh, oh um, wait, it was Vince and Brock who went to the hospital. Vince, that one's the one that I didn't hear. Yeah. I don't remember hearing about that. That Brock going with him. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, obviously, that's that's kind of a huge thing because, like, you know, we we all see Brock's another person that we don't see too much outside the wrestling world as an actual person sometimes. Um, so that one surprised me. Although now that I know that's true, not only that I know that Brock Lesnar went to the went to the hospital to take her that only kind of proves to me that the whole when um lesnar made orton bleed the hard way at yeah. SummerSlam, uh, jericho got hot about it and lesnar was just like kiss me bro kiss me like that that only proves that that probably that's probably true too <laughs> yeah that's more than likely true uh but yeah some notes that i had um taker can basically do anything he wants they showed um they take you know, they started following him around around 2017 and they showed him at the, uh, I think it was the Hall of Fame, I think, yeah. or they showed him back backstage somewhere and Michelle was all in like a full, like, ball, like, you know, nightgown, like, you know, just a full on dress, pretty ass dress. I was going to say ball gown, but it's really just like a really fancy ass dress. And he's there in a fucking, in like a, a dress shirt at least, but it's all untucked and it's all like, you know, a wrinkle as shit. Yeah, and it's just like he's fucking Undertaker. Like nobody cares about it. Nobody's just like, oh, he's just here. It's just like, oh, look, there's Taker. No, um, yeah, no one's gonna be like Taker. You gotta wear a suit. Seeing him as like seeing how he's how, how did I put it? He's like that uncle who, because like you know, he went around talking to everybody, and like you know, he sat down with Roman. He talked to Roman's wife and stuff like that. You see him talking to just like a bunch of different people. Yeah, and like everybody's like talking, you know, kind of paying their respects and everything like that. And it just reminded me of like he's kind of he looks like that uncle who just like you know he went to prison and you think he killed a man, but like he's also <laughs> the he's also the uncle that'll give you just ten dollars because the ice cream truck passed by. Yeah, and he's just like keep the change. Um. I'm surprised they kept Jericho in the first episode. I was surprised too about that. I'm sure, like again, like all this was has been uh, has they've been working on this since 2017, 2016, um, 2017 mostly. I think I think they started like early 2017. 
Uh, so Jericho was in the company still at that time. And he, I mean, he plays a, a, a very important role because he's been around in the company for so long too. And like, he's had a bunch of matches with the Undertaker too. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's very honest when it comes to a lot of stuff. He, he, he doesn't hold his, back. Yeah. He wears his heart on his sleeve and just kind of, you know, opens up about everything. Yeah. Uh, but again, yeah, I was kind of surprised that they kept Jericho in it, but I mean, I think it, it wouldn't have worked without hearing somebody like Jericho because he doesn't have that. He has that clout. He has that respect. It's just like, yeah. okay, well, this is what Undertaker means. Uh, I wonder how, uh, uh, I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many times Jericho has tried to get him on the podcast. And I wonder if Taker said no or if the higher up said no first. I'm pretty sure the higher up said no. Because this and, was before he signed that Legends contract too. Yeah. He didn't sign a Legends contract until we'll, like last year. Or we'll get into year, that. Yeah. yeah. We'll get into that in a minute. Let's talk about these um, first two episodes, though. But I wonder if he'd do it now. Oh. Because he's been doing a lot of interviews now. He did ta- he did Austin's podcast. Yeah. He did uh he but did that's... like an interview for like some like Christian thing too. It's like past this weird that's like this pastor in Texas, I think like that. He did but like that's... an hour long interview with him. Yeah. But that was like so that was a couple of years ago, and I think that's when his contract technically was expired. The pod the pastor one? Yeah. No, that was in 2018. 2018? That was in 2018. Yeah, then that's after his contract expired. This this was after, no, this was after he faced Cena. This was after he faced Cena? Yeah. Hmm. It was after he faced Cena, and then the Austin podcast was just recently. Yeah, the Austin podcast, though, is uh, WWE-based, yeah. though. Yeah, so that's, that's not surprising. Um, and then what else do I have? Oh yeah, uh, I, I mean I don't want to get political, but apparently Taker is very Blue Lives Matter versus pretty Trump. Yeah, he's that from Texas. So it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm also surprised they kept Jr. in it. Yeah, me too. I completely, uh, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot that uh, Jr. called his match for Reigns versus. Yeah, he called, he called, well, because, again, that was supposed to be the last match. Yeah. And um, he also called the um, the Hell in the Cell between him and Hunter with Sean. Because, yeah. again, that was probably going to be another last match. Um, so that, that was the first episode. The second episode is... No, the first episode ended with him and Reigns. Yeah, and then he was disappointed because that was supposed. To, yeah, that was supposed to be his last match. He really wanted that to be his last match. What was uh, it? And then he was super disappointed in his performance because he once he when he could when Roman couldn't get him up for the tombstone when he couldn't help himself help Roman get the tombstone. That's when he was just like, all right, so this was trash. Yep. And uh, I think one of the more surprising parts for me is so after the match. After the match and when he went backstage, the first person to greet him backstage was Triple H. That was surprising too, yeah. And again, that's another person that's been in the company for forever. Yeah. Um, and of course, they're gonna have, they've had like uh, they've had a lot of great matches. Of course, they're gonna have a really big um, relationship, especially seeing as where Triple H is now in the company, no longer just um, just talent. He is also, uh, he, you know, he works with the younger the younger wrestlers and stuff like that. He's a big part of NXT. So that, that makes a whole lot of sense. But yeah, that was really heartfelt. Just seeing him, you know, being right there, right as uh, out of the curtain. Mm-hmm. 
um, that was cool. Uh, so that, that was part one. Part two focuses more on his relationship with Michelle McCool, his wife, yep. and Vince McMahon. Uh, and you see how they talk about how their relationship started um, a little bit. And you kind of see him trying to transition to after wrestling there. because again that Roman match was something that using him to try to transition into life after wrestling because that Roman match he really wanted to be his last match but again like you know he he didn't he wasn't happy with his performance and then they that's when they started talking about his relationship with Vince and how he sees Vince as a boss a father uh, a brother and um, you know as they talk about that Michelle's just like yeah if Vince needs taker there's no questions asked you know takers you know mark's always going to go after you go go to vince if vince really needs him um even if it means yeah like even if it means like unless like it was it he said like if somebody gets hurt that's the only that's the only reason why he'd stop yeah one of the more surprising things for me was uh i didn't realize that he named his son after vince mcmahon Oh yeah, something Vincent. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Well, shit." <laughs> I was like, "It's like fucking Harry." It's like Harry Potter naming some like one of his sons after uh, Snape. Yeah, I was like, "That's um, fucking crazy." Seeing Vincent Grant in this in in this whole documentary so far has been really weird too, and especially seeing him refer to him as Mark. Yeah, one of the more surprising, like one of the things that kind of uh, caught me off guard was. So the interviewer who was interviewing Vince McMahon, you know, asked, mm. asked, uh, what does, you know, the undertaker Mark Calloway mean to WWE? Mean to more you. Importantly, what does he mean to you? Mm-hmm. And he, he like choked up and he's just like, no, <laughs> like, you know, man, okay, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. That really surprised me. And it, again, it, it makes all the it makes all the, in the sense world because like they, yeah. it, it's true. Even if it's like, even if they want to push that and everything, like even if they want to push this narrative, it makes all the sense in the world. He stayed true during the whole attitude era. Like yeah. it's like the part where like, you know, that time where he, the company really needed, you know, these big names to stay. Like he, he never left and who knows how much, how hard they tried to get him to go to WCW. Like he, he stayed and you know, they, he even did kind of like a little work shoot about it that they play from raw like yeah. this is like right before the whole ministry of darkness started like you know like everybody's gone to greener pastures events and who you know who's still here like i've stayed and i've stayed for you um yeah uh and you know like i can see why vince McMahon has all the love and respect in the world for him um but yeah so you see him uh kind of sit surgery you see him they shipped uh, a wwe ring to Taker in Texas, and that's when he started kind of training again and just seeing how his body would feel after the hip surgery before he uh, took up the off. Oh, you broke up there. Sorry. You see him? Oh. Yeah, I kind of get his body used to the new hip. Fucking yeah. shit. All right, how's this? That works. That's better. Okay. So you see him get used to training again and seeing. Ooh. His body gets used to the new hip as he uh, prepares to fight Cena. I know this is gonna keep happening. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I need to get you a new router. Yeah, yeah you need, we need something. Um, 
one of the more surprising things for me too was uh primo is his work or basically his uh the sparring partner sparring partner for training so yeah, i thought that was interesting that was interesting but that kind of makes sense because he's a cologne mm-hmm. And so Taker has, if I'm correct, he's gone. He's he's worked in Puerto Rico a lot too. So of course he knows the colognes and he knows what they're capable of. Yeah. And so that was that was really really interesting to see, and uh, that was really really interesting. One of the more I think interesting dynamics of things was, uh, so he talked about you, know, you. You could really see how much he looks at Vince as like a father figure. Like, it is uncanny because, you know, he talks about going into, you know, going into, you know, meetings with Vince and expecting to say this, that, and the other, and then coming out of interviews and not getting a single thought out of what he was going to say. And the other things was, uh, like, when you see him talking to Vince and just kind of, like, the mannerisms they have with each other, like, he looked at him like a father figure. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, it, like, this whole episode uh, was all about the build-up to WrestleMania 30... 30 34, 34. Was it 34 Wait. or 33? 34, because 2018 was 34. Last year was 35. Yep. Yeah. So 34. It's all about the build-up. It was all about a lot of the build-up to WrestleMania 34. And, uh... Like, you know, after the match. Yeah, I mean, like, they tried to keep it as close. They, they talk about how, like, they kind of show how they try to keep the whole Taker being at Mania close to the best as possible. But I was just like, you know, obviously now that I'm older, like, you know, that I'm older and, the, you know, hindsight being what it is, like, I, you know, it only makes sense that they would have them there. Like, they wouldn't build it if they weren't going to have them there. Yeah. But one of the things I liked was, uh, or sorry, what, what, what one of the things I was going to say was, it's back to that Vince thing. So, you know, he said, he asked Vince, you know, he's like, oh, he's like, what do you think imagine Vince? Like, I loved it. He's like, and that's all that matters. You, you froze completely there. Oh, I said, one of the things he said was, you know, he went to, like, after the match he had with Cena, he was talking to Vince and, you know, he said, how was the match? And he's like, he's like, you know, I loved it. And then he's like, then that's all that matters. And I was like, wow. And then after the match, you know, he comes out of Gorilla yeah. Roman shakes his hand, and then he starts apologizing to Roman. Yeah. And, you know, Roman has, he's just telling him, like, no, it's not necessary. And Taker's just like, no, like, you know, I need to apologize because I wasn't at my best. And it's, like, it's just. Oh, you froze there. It's like, you know, and he says it, like, you know, he, he doesn't want to be, he says it, like, he doesn't want to be a caricature of, like, you know, who he used to be. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to be that memory of, like, or he doesn't want to be that person that's just, like, you know, oh, father takes his son to go see him at WrestleMania. And, you know, the matches, whatever, and the father looks at the son. It's just like, well, you should have seen him back then. It's just like, you know, he doesn't want to be there. But at what point, like, okay, like, even if he stopped at that Cena match, a Cena match was, a, you know, it was just a squash match, and that's fine. He was still able to do a lot of stuff that he couldn't really do the year before. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a vast improvement. But at what point do you just stop? Like... And, I, think and I understand that, and I understand he's doing it for the loyalty of Vince because he's loyal to Vince because Vince feels, you know, Vince feels like he needs him. But like, you know, I would even tell, you know, I would think you would have to tell Vince at some point, like, you know, I can't do this for not only the well-being of my house, but like, 
you know, you have to find somebody that's going to replace me in a sense. Yeah. Like nobody's going to replace me, but somebody's going to just going to have to be that new spectacle now. One of the more interesting things that I found was, uh, so his contract apparently expired in July of 2018, if I'm not mistaken, or 2017. Ooh, ooh, end of 2017 before 2018, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's reported in 2019, uh, it's reported recent, just very recently that he signed a 19-year deal back in 2019. That was 15-year. 19-year deal. Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't until the start of, uh, no. Maybe it was, maybe it it was, was a 15-year deal. I think it was a 15-year deal, but he signed it after AEW was announced. Yeah. And remember, he was supposed to be at StarCast. Yeah. But that's around the time that he signed the deal, which is why they had they pulled him out. And, you know, rumor, 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 you know, that's why they gave Conrad and AEW Bret Hart to make up for it. Because they were going to sell a lot of tickets for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, did ready. you... Did we talk about this? How um, they... Because uh, he talked about it, I think it was on the something to wrestle with, or I think he talked about it in the JR show. I don't remember which one. But Conrad Thompson was talking about how Vince, how WWE tried to make it up for him, make it up to him by pulling the Undertaker, and he's just like, okay, well, I want Vince McMahon. And they're just like, no. And he's just like, okay, what about like Shawn Michaels or something? And he like he threw out a couple other names, and they were all just like, no. It wasn't until like they hit on Bret Hart, they were just like, okay, fine, whatever. But he was talking about how like he wanted those, but then also like he wanted to do a thing where like certain people that didn't go, he wanted to get like their brothers. Like he wanted to get Kurt Angle's brother. Um, he wanted to get somebody else's brother who apparently has like a lot of. Uh, lot of legal troubles right now and mm-hmm. then he wanted to get vince's brother vince's brother yeah he wanted to get vince's brother for starcast but the funny thing is is that he couldn't find all like it took him forever or he couldn't find the information for the other two brothers but for vince's brother he found it like within a day like that was the easiest contact to find he was just like how the fuck like this is backwards ass of shit <laughs> I would love to hear oh, yeah. Kurt Angle's brother's take on a lot of stuff, especially with the, uh, especially with all the whole Pittsburgh wrestling scene. Yeah, or even especially like the whole like possibly like going to ECW stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, overall, what do you think of the series so far? For obviously, for it's really good. Year? It's really fucking good. Everything like a lot of the the documentary stuff is really good. Obviously, they. This is one of the ones where it doesn't feel like they're trying to be super biased because this is, I mean, obviously they're not holding back anymore yeah. for what they show of the undertaker of what they show of the undertaker outside of the WWE. I do. Um, I, so when you're talking really well, it looks really, it looks really good. I applaud everybody that's been working on this so far and just like, I'm glad that they're like the next episode. I'm glad that they're going to hit on, the actual bullshit of like that horrible crown jewel match. And then once we hit the Goldberg match, that's where it's going to all fucking, you know, take the cake. One of the things I do like was, uh, one of the things I really, really loved was, so Undertaker was, was walking around backstage. He was like, yeah, he's like, he was like, there's a lot of uh, rumors going out there that I'm coming back as the American badass. 
I'm coming back as the American badass. He's like, he's like so many conspiracy theories out there. And then he oh yeah, because because Kid Rock because Kid Rock got inducted the night before. Yeah, yeah. He's just pulling out his old dust like his old duster hat. He's like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously, yeah, that was funny. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I think he wanted to go out as the. I think he's always wanted to go out as the as the dead man because like yeah. i remember um like you know so many undertaker retirement rumors remember how the nope you froze up there i don't remember if you heard this but i know i heard the rumor that wrestlemania 20 uh-huh. i don't remember if you ever heard this rumor but wrestlemania 20 when he came back to face kane like that's why he came back as a dead man because that was supposed to be like his last year mm-hmm. well there have been so many last years for him yeah he's just, like just like every other like you know, staple in pro wrestling, fucking Ric Flair, fucking uh, Terry Funk, fucking Mick Foley. Like, they're all supposedly going to have a last year, going to have a last match, but yet they keep going. So far, the only two people that have actually kind of done that. Well, no. No, that's not true. None of them have done that. Never mind. I was going to say Flair and Foley, but they all wrestle in fucking TNA, so. I mean, Shawn Michaels is probably the closest. Closest, yeah. He was the closest to, to actually hold on to it until Crown Jewel. Yeah. But again, I'm sure that was another thing where it's just like, okay, Vince needs us. Okay, this will be a last match. Oh, man, this sucked. It was a fucking gush. Like, all he's doing is, like, redeeming himself, and he's trying to redeem himself to himself. Like, you know, I when they were showing footage from uh, him and Roman, like, I know he doesn't want anybody to feel sorry for him or anything like that, but I was just like, yeah, like, he's fucking older. Of course he can't you know do, do everything that he used to do it. yeah like and it's totally understandable nobody's gonna like judge him for that like of course he's the undertaker and he's always gonna be great just like rick flair Rick flair is always gonna be great but like you can't you know you, you can't be doing that to yourself like yeah. all so, you're doing is like you're taking you're taking more time away from your wife and from your kids yeah like you really should just at this point think about your kids yeah, but but taker's gonna take. Yep. Um. Anyways, let's move on to some other news. Um, we had the post money in the bank smackdown this past Friday, which was surprisingly good. Yeah, surprisingly good. Um, we started off our tournament for. We started off our tournament for uh, the Intercontinental, new Intercontinental Championship, which, mm-hmm. by the way, from a lot of the dirt sheets kind of going around, is that uh, Sami Zayn being stripped of the Intercontinental Championship is being meant to send a, mes- to send a message to everyone. It's just stupid as shit. So. I don't think it's being used to send to send a message because – you know, that's just going to detract everybody that wants to not only work there, everybody when their contracts are up too. Yeah. Because that's going to backfire on them if that's supposed to be a message. But um, I think it's just bullshit because they, Sammy has always been very outspoken on his, you know, on his beliefs and stuff like that, especially like not going to Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. And just, you know, using that time now to, well, to wouldn't be able take to take the time off. He wouldn't be able to go to Saudi Arabia either way because they don't allow anybody of Syrian descent into Saudi Arabia. Well, regardless, um, I don't know. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily being a message. And I think it's bullshit because, yeah, Lesnar went so long without um, defending the title. 
I mean, for fuck's sakes, when was the last time uh, Gronkowski defended the 24-7 championship? WrestleMania. But it hasn't been a month. Oh, it's been over a month already. It's been over a month, yeah. Um, so, there was, I mean, there was times where the women's title was like, wasn't defended for over a month when I think Trish was out. Yeah. Like there's just, there's so much backward ass like shit in that company the, and I just don't understand it. When the Iconics had the women's tag team belts, I think they only oh, defended right. it a couple of times. Yeah. There was like a solid month too where they didn't defend it either. There was a solid couple of months that they didn't defend it. Um... I mean, I guess if you could, I don't know if they count house share def- title defenses. Mm, no, I don't but, know. Um, yeah, it's stupid. But you know, it made me think too. What was the last time that Kenny and Hangman defended the AEW tag titles? It's been a while. Yeah, they. I mean, do they have those rules set up too there? I think? don't think they have those same rules set up in AEW. Well, I mean, especially not now. I mean, like, even before, I mean, obviously nobody knew, nobody saw this coming where they couldn't defend a title or anything like that, but, like, Hold on, I'm gonna put you I don't know. If... Real quick, I gotta answer this one call. Yeah. But back to what we're saying. You love me because I can somehow be better and worse than you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you so much. Back to what we're saying, though. So... Yeah, there have been several times where, like, championships haven't been defended for, like, months on end. I mean, for fuck's sake, Brock, or for fuck's sake, Brock Lesnar is, like, a prime example of that. Yeah, it's a lot of double standards where it's just, like, I don't understand that, too, because, like, you know, you've seen all kinds of reports of, like, just being, like, oh, Vince doesn't believe that, like, Vince believes people aren't watching because Lesnar isn't champion. It's just, like, okay, well, even when Lesnar was champion, he wasn't necessarily on every single fucking Raw. Yeah. Like, what was there to watch? Like, that was so fucking backwards-ass thinking. Like, I don't did you do you watch last week tonight? By the way, yes, I did. Did you see the one from yesterday? Yes, the one I they did. just released last night. Yeah. What do you think of that? John Oliver. So, full transparency, John Oliver does have a huge thing against WWE and a lot of their practices. Um, because their practices I, are bullshit. Yeah. But I mean, they. Uh, you know, he didn't only call him out, too. He also called out UFC as well as AEW. He, no, well, no. To be fair, he called out mostly UFC and AEW, but he only mentioned that. I mean, UFC and WWE. Yeah. But, you know, I wish they had gone to, or at least dug into more of, like, what they're doing to record these things. Because, it, was it? I think it was The Torch, an insider. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how WWE hasn't really tested anybody, whereas AEW, they're consistently making sure yeah, that whoever's test- there yeah. is good. Yeah. They're testing and people wish, every week, which... I wish there was more that they could do to look into that, because I think that's a really big point to show how... Just a drastic comparison of what these two companies are doing, because like you had the veteran company... The veteran company with the billionaire, WWE, was not testing anybody... It doesn't really seem to give a shit. Whereas you have the young upstart AEW with a probably richer billionaire who's fucking making sure all his talent is good. Because again, like this is their first year and this is a very crucial year, but he's still doing what he can to not only put out the content that, you know, he wants to give us, but he's making sure that the people that are able to do that are doing it, um, of, of sound, well, mind and body. So, um, People are fucking stupid. 
I I wish I wish people would change. Oh, you broke up there. Vince Moore. Oh my God! And that video clip, that fucking clip from McMahon um, during his conference call about how people are tired of watching Netflix and they want fresh matches. Bitch, you have a network. Yeah. Pimp the network. Pimp the fucking docs that you have on there. We don't need, like, I could have gone without a month, you know, with a month without new matches because there's so much shit on the network that I could have ca- caught up on. Yeah. Uh, I understand wanting to be relevant, but you really could have, like, done what NXT did and, like, talk about, like, the current storylines that are going on. They current, I mean, like you know the current shit that you want to the people you want to build up by showing old shit. Yeah. They there's a lot. The WWE is a lot to take in sometimes. Like, uh, I don't know. It's fucking stupid. But anyways, let's get get back to SmackDown. So because there's a lot of stuff to talk, talk about SmackDown, and there's a lot of fallout to talk about SmackDown. Nah. So with SmackDown, we uh, every it kicked off with Otis on Miz TV setting up a match later on tonight for a tag match between Miz Morrison against against the uh, Otis and the partner of his choosing. Um, you know what I don't? You know it's weird for me. Mm. It's still Miz TV instead of the dirt sheet. No, oh, because it has to be Miz first. That's why. I don't know. I just, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure now, especially now, as opposed to like 11 years ago, they don't want to call it the dirt sheet. I guess. Because dirt sheets are just too fucking. Because they don't want to get any credence to any actual dirt sheets out there. Yeah. Um, I could care less about this segment. It was just to set up the the match, the main event tonight. Mm-hmm. But we had our first match in the tag team tournament, and uh, real quickly, let's break down this uh, tag team tournament. So, I have my list out somewhere. So, our first match for the Intercontinental Tag Team Championship tournament was... Intercontinental Tag Team Championship? Yes, I'm Intercontinental Tag Team Championship 365-420. I'm more truth now, okay? The first match for the Intercontinental Tag Title Tournament was Elias versus Kim Corbin. I I honestly, the way you said that, I thought you were going to say Kim Kardashian for a second. I don't know why. (laughs) What? Elias versus King Corbin. Okay. See, it just uh, sounds like you're going to say Kim Kardashian. I don't know why. I don't know why. But uh, we also have in this tournament AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, which is going to be extra spicy. Shades of uh, the... And you keep cutting out. So we also have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura in this tournament. More dick punching. Yes. Uh, then we also have Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, and uh, the other match we had for tonight, which was going to, which is Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, yeah, that's the bracket that they have so far. So within this match, uh, Elias beat 
King Corbin. So he advances on to the next round. So whoever wins against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles is who he'll face. Um, it was a good match. It was actually a pretty good match. I was surprised. The Corbin versus Elias? Yeah. yeah. It was much, much better than their WrestleMania match. Which is sad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then after this, we had Naomi versus Dana Brooke, which Dana Brooke won surprisingly. Yeah, Dana Brooke has, um, has not been at home. Yeah, I don't care about Dana Brooke anymore. Neither do I. I haven't cared about Dana Brooke since the whole Titus Worldwide thing. Yeah. That was because she was wearing glasses and I had her hair in a ponytail. I, just, I have a type. I have a type and they're nerds. Uh, they're, library, they're librarians. They're secretaries. So after this, we had a promo from... Wait, let me, let me phrase this properly. No, don't stop me. I'm not done lusting after Dana Brooke. All right, no, okay. <laughs> after this, we had a promo from... NXT Raw champion, uh, NXT Women's Champion, but Raw Superstar. NXT Women's Champion? Yep. Charlotte Flair. Wouldn't she necessarily be an NXT star now? Um, not according to commentary. Oh. They called her the, they said she's from Raw, but she's the NXT Champion. NXT is an equal brand. All the other champions from Raw because, God forbid, we put her on NXT full-time. Yeah. She's the Brock Lesnar of NXT. Basically. Um, interestingly enough, so this was part of the uh, cross-brand invitational slash wild card slash whatever. Uh, there's a rule that they basically put in place where only a superstar can appear on on other shows at least four times. It's stupid. So Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna abide by these rules at all. Yeah, no, they're not. So basically both Charlotte Flair as well as King Corbin have already used up one or the things because King Corbin showed up on Raw this past Monday. Charlotte showed up on SmackDown this past Friday. Mm-hmm. So they literally only got three left and are actually technically two left because there's a this set up a champion versus championship match between Bailey and her for next Friday. Mm-hmm. And then King Corbin's also appearing on Monday Night Raw tonight to face off against uh, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. So they only have two left in their tank. For the whole year or for how long again? I forgot. I completely slipped by. Totally forget the rule. Okay. That's right. Yeah, told WWE forgets the rule. WWE's just like, fuck you, we do what we want. Yep. Following this, we had the Hacker Man video, which I'm kind of getting bored with now. Yeah, they should have pulled the the trigger on this a while ago. Yeah. I thought they were going to pull the trigger at Money in the Bank, and they didn't, and now it's just kind of... Do something. Yeah, and it's not necessarily going to be anybody new because, I mean, I, I thought that would have been a good um, a good way to bring in bring back Styles. Yeah, but of course they're you know impatient and brought him back for money in the bank or whatever. 
Uh, my thought process is it's either going to be Mustafa Ali or uh, Xavier Woods. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know why they would bring do that for Woods because he's so you know New Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that for Mustafa. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm, we'll find out. It's at this point. It's just like pull the trigger already, or you know, stop doing it. It's just like let me come or stop fingering me already. Now the next match is a just <laughs> you just completely go over it. <laughs> yep. You're yep. just like I know what that's like. I don't do much well what that's like. The next match is a just in your pants match. Uh, that was the second part of the. Oh, we stopped doing. I thought we stopped doing brown panties matches. <laughs> no, but we're talking about uh, Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan. Mm, okay. Uh my God. My God, what an amazing match! Like, it's Gulak and Brian. Of course, it's going to be a fucking clinic. Yeah, it was just it was not the fucking... kind of clinics that you go to to make sure that you didn't have to scratch too much. Oh no, the clinics I usually go to are uh, after you wait a couple of months, and then you're like, "Oh shit, we should probably go here." We're not in a hospital, we're in an alleyway behind the CVS. With a coat hanger. See, you went too far. You had to just take it too far. You went American with it. That's what happened. You went too American with it. No, I'm going to go on. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak, which was a fucking clinic. Oh, my God. It was an amazing match. This is probably what made SmackDown for me for the night because it was just like top to bottom just the thing of beauty um top to bottom from the bottom yeah it was the thing of beauty <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just getting on you so much i just uh and then after this we had uh Miz and morrison versus otis and braun Strowman. yeah i mean i get it he's the wwe i mean he's the universal champion but how do you not Make Gulak and Brian the the fucking main event. Like yeah. that's just because I don't necessarily like you know I mean fuck me and everything, but like I don't necessarily see Braun Strowman as like this huge draw or this huge like reason to be main event. Like maybe a couple of years ago, yeah, but not anymore. This not right so, now at least. This would slow down the pumps quite a bit compared to Gulak versus Brian because like. Good Life versus Brian was a fucking clinic of what what they can do as wrestlers. And then this was just kind of, you know, meh. It was funny. Mm, I guess. Um, some of the highlights was some of the highlights was uh, Otis and Strowman doing Caterpillars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was kind of funny. Um, the uh, Otis and uh, sorry, Strowman won with the pin on uh, I forgot who the fuck he pinned. Uh, on Miz. one of the white guys. Yeah, one of the white guys. Um, so Otis with the pin on on Miz. They celebrate in the ring. Mandy comes out. Mandy comes out to celebrate with them. Otis was going to pretend like he's going to cash in, but you know he says he's just joking. So, that was SmackDown. 
the big thing coming out of SmackDown was after after the SmackDown aired, there was a uh, after this, after SmackDown aired, Drew Gulak's contract expired with WWE. Mm-hmm. And and they even kind of teased in an interview after that Gulak and Brian were going to continue on together. Yeah, which made it all that more interesting because it was just that much more confusing. Yeah. It was really, really confusing. It was really, really confusing because, like, A, like, they just had, you know, this championship tournament with him in it. And uh, basically, here's how it kind of broke down. So a few hours after after SmackDown, Gulak was moved to the alumni section. Uh, then, if I'm not mistaken, if, if it was either Wrestling Inc. or uh, one of the dirt sheets. You know, found out that basically his contract expired. Yeah. And uh, according to Meltzer, Gulak decided not to resign his WWE deal, his uh, new deal. Is, you know, he asked for more money on his contracts, but people high up requ- rejected his request. Mm-hmm. So Gulak opted not to sign. And yeah, now he's a free agent. He can show pretty much anywhere. Yeah, he doesn't have to do a 90-day at all. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to wait any sort of time. He's just free to go wherever he can, which is basically nowhere right now. Yeah. So, um, that's a that's basically WWE's mindset now is, you know, if people don't want to resign, they don't have to resign because it's not like they can go, really go anywhere right now. Yeah, and it's all going to bite them in the ass later. Yeah. And so that's really kind of fucked up. Like, because just a couple of months ago, they were trying to lock everyone down because, you know, they didn't want them to go anywhere. Yeah, just like that chick who, uh, who tries to tell you that she's on the pill after you tell her that you have a girlfriend, she tries to still get a turkey baster and keep you around for longer than the weekend. Uh, um, <laughs> You, you talk about this from experience? Because I know, because I've seen you do it. I have not done that yet. You were. This is when you were still drinking. No. Um, yeah, as you know, again, this is all going. I think this is all going to bite them in the ass later, um, and because now is the time that they are really buckling down, because Lord knows they can't afford to keep anybody around. Um, oh bullshit. Um, <laughs> This is a perfect time for people to ask for their releases. This is a perfect time for people to ask for more money if they want to leave, if they want to just jump from their contract. And like, yeah, unfortunately, there's still no timetable for when everything is going to go back to quote-unquote normal or like when people can start going to, you know, wrestling shows again, like, you know, in a in a fan capacity. But like, that's not going to go away. That need's not going to want to go away. And especially when you have a name like Jugulak who now has basically you know, um, who's been on TV, who's a name that people kind of know. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for for people not to snatch him up now. Yeah. No, now he's, especially after that match on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan, he's probably going to be a hot commodity. Well, even before that match, like, even when he was just, you know, Drew Gulak on 205 Live, you know, he had a really good following. Yeah. You know, he's just a really talented person, just like 
just like Dorado, just like uh, Kalisto, just like a lot of the smaller guys on there who don't get all that time, you know, he's he's just really talented, and there's no reason for anybody not to pick him up. No, absolutely so, not. So this is all going to bite WWE in the ass later on down the road. It really isn't. It's got to be one of those things where, you know, Vince blames something on someone else and their investors call. Yeah. Another more, so another more up, recent update is on uh, Roman Reign. So apparently Fightful has talked to people within within the industry. And uh, they spoke to a source high up in WWE who said Roman Reigns does not seem to be in any, any rush to return and nobody here faults him for that. So there's no indication of when he's going to return. He could be back in two weeks, two months, or he could be out indefinitely. And that Reigns is not figured into any plans creatively currently. And nobody can follow him for it because he has the clout not to be faulted for it. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. Um, Yeah, that's really kind of... I don't know if they're going to, I don't, I don't see him staying out, you know, indefinitely, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, AEW is, I mean, he's going to, I can't see him coming back until next year. Realistically. Yeah. I don't see him coming back until maybe around the time Becky Lynch comes back. Yeah. I mean, I really don't see him coming back anytime soon, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Nope. Okay, what were you saying? How about AEW? Uh, AEW is Double or Nothing is coming this Saturday? Next Saturday. Or this Saturday? Yeah, this Saturday. Oh, fuck. Wow. That's class. Yeah. That's what she said. That's uh, what you're going to say. Ah, fuck you. No, it's okay. I'm not so, that lonely. I think we will do a. I think we'll do a breakdown for our predictions on the next show that we do, which will probably be this Wednesday. After. Oh, we'll do it for sure because I actually have finals this week. Oh. Which is why I took so long earlier, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I just thought you're too busy uh, stripping down for your professor. Mm, no, he can't really even see, so there's like nothing really to do. So, I mean, we can go through this match card real quickly. Uh, so, good. for the pre show, we have Private Party versus Best Friends for number one contendership for AEW tag team titles. Which, that's going to be good. Both teams are fantastic. Uh, Private Party versus Best Friends. Uh, I've got Best Friends on it. So do I. I got best friends on it too. Um, and then for the actual show lineup, we have Britt Baker versus Chris Tatlander in the grudge match that was just kind of set up this past week. It's good to see Chris Tatlander back in AEW. Yeah. Uh, then we have the women's championship Nyla Rose versus uh, Mabe Hakiyoshida. Mm-hmm. In a no disqualification match. Nice. Okay. Very Interesting. Nice. Very very nice. I got I got I, Bay. 
obviously. I know you do. I have I have Nyla. I mean, that's fair, but I'm 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 only going from the heart on that one. Yeah, I know you're thinking you know now I'm going. Uh then we have MGF versus Jungle Boy. MGF. Yep. No. Jungle. I have jungle. Uh I know I I think MGF Warlow's gonna probably interfere. Oh. Then we have the casino ladder match, which is going to be Darby Allen versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian versus Luchasaurus and a mystery competitor. It's going to be really interesting to see if Darby Allen takes up Taz on his offer. I hope he does. I really, really hope he does. Um... I'm gonna call the mystery competitor the the winner, just because. Um, come on. There's mystery. Um, Darby. Darby. Mm-hmm. That that would be my second choice, but just because the whole mystery competitor thing. Yeah, I think it's sure. gonna be someone big. No, I got Darby on it. I love, he, you know, he finally he needs something bigger now. He needs to do something better. So then we have a. It's not officially on paper yet, but it will probably be official to come this week, which is a stadium stampede. Matt Hardy and the Elite versus the Inner Circle. Don't know what a stadium stampede is, but I got my money on the Inner Circle. Uh, Elite. They need something because, like, because Elite was probably supposed to get it at Blood and Guts anyways, and like that's a way to kind of finish this up for now until they can do Blood and Guts. So I'm going with the because you know who knows when that's gonna happen. So I'm going with the, the, the faces on this one. I'm going with the elite. Uh, okay. A N A A E W T N T Championship match: Cody versus Lance Archer, uh, uh, with the title being presented by Mike Tyson. I really want Cody, but I have a feeling it's gonna be Lance. So I'm going Lance. I'm going Lance as well. Just because I don't see Cody holding any. Championships, really. I just see him being the ace that builds the place. I don't see him holding a title. In, or, well, now I don't see him holding a title until we get fans back into the stadium. Yeah. Because they um, need that reaction. Then we have AEW world champion John Moxley versus Brody Lee. Moxley. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe Brody Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you cut out. I was that. I'm thinking Brody Lee. Uh, I think it depends. Well, I was about to say it, uh, it depends on who they're gonna have around more, but I don't think it really matters for them because uh, regardless, they're gonna have to check on who's you know healthy and stuff like that. But fun fact: this is gonna be first Brody Lee's first pay per view since 2017. Shit. Yep. Um, I know. I'm going. I'm going Ambrose. His reign hasn't been that long. They don't want to play hot potato with that title, you know, yeah, too soon. That's true. I see shenanigans so, getting involved. I see. Oh, I see shenanigans. Believe me, I do. But I feel somebody might come and help Ambrose, mm-hmm. or Ambrose like they're gonna just make him look strong and have him take out whoever of the Dark Order comes and tries to help Brody Lee, and then you know you just extend this for a little bit longer because Brody Lee's only been in the company for like maybe a month at most. What like, I see you need to build them up more. What I see happening is uh, Dark Order kind of like 
the minions for Dark Order end up screwing it up for Brody Lee by accident. Yeah. And that sends like Brody Lee on a warpath, like on his minions. I can see that. So it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, if there's any new matches that come up, that'll be interesting as well. But that's a pretty stacked card as it is. Yeah, that's a really good card. It's on Saturday, right? Yeah. Fuck, um, I think it works Saturday. It's on Saturday. It's on Saturday. You could get it for forty nine ninety nine on Fight TV or BR Live or pay per view for fifty nine ninety nine. Fucking hell. So I think this is gonna be the show for the week. Or today at least. Yeah. This is the this is the price we pay for being wrestling fans. Yep. Um yeah, next episode will hopefully be this week, but like I said, I have finals, so I will we'll probably keep you guys updated. If not, it'll be next week and we will cover double or nothing and Donald will finally do his interview with me. Yep. Oh you froze Excuse up there. Bastard. You you froze up there. I said we'll probably do the interview. Yeah. I said we'll the we'll do hopefully do our show this week. If not Next week, and we'll cover Double or Nothing, and we'll finally do that interview with Donald and me because Donald's a selfish bastard, and he only wanted to be the only one being interviewed. I mean, yeah. So we're I'm sorry. Fun- did, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't ask you easier questions last time too. It's just like who? How many times do you want John Cena to win in a year? How many titles do you want AJ Styles to have in different companies? No, no, no. The questions are good. The questions are good. The time. Like, there's no. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, where can they find you on social media? Uh, still TNDW Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me at E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O on Twitter, Instagram, or any of my social medias, which is all of them. And that's so, about it. Yeah. Have a week, y'all.